It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's tip season. Too embarrassed? Too embarrassed, Cullen? I don't know. Hi, I'm, like, I'm not the one no singing. Shame. <laughs> it's not that I'm kind of podcast. I'm having a great time. <laughs> <sighs> Holy shit, ain't That's... you got discovered from Can I Kick It? <laughs> 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 They're going to let him sing the national anthem. <laughs> At the Super Bowl, yeah. Jesus! I don't want to appear at the Super Bowl. Oh, oh God! <laughs> also, national anthem. I don't know. If your if your issue with the political nature of it, or if it's just a mid song, do you think? I I well yeah, it's more the political stuff because like I don't know, especially like at the Super Bowl where they have like military jets flying mm-hmm. over your head while it happens. Yeah. And stuff. I don't quite like that. Aesthetic, yeah, I've uh, I, I as part of my personal been, brand. Yeah. <laughs> I have been to a number of baseball games this year and have largely gone to lengths to not be in my seat when that happens. Sure. A lot of well-timed bathroom trips or just mm-hmm. walking into the park as it is happening. Sure. Which, like, some some people will stop even, like, on the concourse. Right, you and, won't like, get take off their we- you won't, Right, yeah. Yeah, but you won't get weird looks if you keep if you don't. walking yeah, to your right. seat as opposed to if you were... Uh, chowing down on a hot dog while they're going like over the left. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you are in your seat and you stay seated, you get weird looks. What I hate is when they fucking pull out "God Bless America" at the seventh inning stretch and surprise mm. you with it. I kind of like "God Bless America" as a melody, anyway. Uh, <laughs> sure, nice sentiment too. Through the night with a light from above. Like that's the she attended Biden's inauguration with A-Rod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was A-Rod's plus one. It was J-Lo's plus one. <laughs> that would, uh, boy. Crazy that she's now married to Ben Affleck. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. <laughs> <Canada. laughs> <laughs> we gotta cut it off at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for well, someone. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I usually take the lead. Really... I can. No, I mean it is usually me, but it wasn't really top of the mind. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Can sure. I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. <laughs> My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I am joined by Andy Grimmie, <laughs> number one Star Spangled Banner stand going actually. <laughs> Wow. wow. More of an America the Beautiful guy, Emilio Diaz. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a nice one. Um, yeah. Sure. Today, we, uh, TIFF has begun to announce their lineup. Uh, we've and got... More, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. They've, yeah, we've they've got... Sections the very, now, as opposed to individual yes, films. They, Right. Oh, yeah, I guess they haven't begun. They've begun to do significant work towards announcing the lineup. Uh, yeah, we've got the the first batch of galas and special presentations 
Uh, which should be the bulk of the big titles. Uh, there'll be a few more in both of those categories, and also, like, some big stuff sneaks into Midnight Madness, and maybe platform no uh, as i tweeted <laughs> earlier this week i don't even think tiff really knows what platform is uh but yeah we've got at the very least discussion on that maybe on a little more tiff stuff uh and then we're also going to talk about uh a little bit about take this waltz from sarah polly a director who has a movie that will be at tiff that we are excited about uh, but first, some non-TIFF-related news. Uh, New York Film Festival actually began to announce, uh, their lineup, with the first announcement being that they will have the world premiere of Till, the movie about Emmett Till and his mother. Um, uh, it, they, they announced that it will be playing opening weekend as a premiere, but it is not the opening night film. I would imagine that means it will be part of the spotlight section. Uh, of course, the same director as uh, Andy's favorite film, Clemency, uh, which was Chihuahua it. I think, the yes, name of the director. thank you. Uh, I believe that film opened new directors, new films that year definitely played there uh so someone who was a little bit in at film at lincoln yeah. center um they put out a trailer for it as well for two. there's also a trailer um, yeah yeah uh whoopi goldberg is producing and i guess has a small role in it um yep it's an it was an interesting trailer i don't know i don't know if anyone else watched it um, i saw it before i, I saw a nope oh okay sure yeah um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a controversial thing to make a movie about, certainly, and, uh, uh, I would never, you know, try to convince anyone of any, of, uh, that their opinion was wrong on that matter, but, uh, I don't know. I was interested in the trailer. It definitely looks like there's, like, a lot going on there, and I will, will be interested to hear how the reception of that movie Yeah, is. it seems to be more about the situation of, like, uh, Emmett Till's mother working yes. to, like, get the information of, you know, what happened to him right out there and like have his mm -hmm. story told back then and more so than it being like about the you know attack yeah, yeah. um which is i mean it's a sure. probably i mean because isn't i yeah, mean it probably makes more sense clemency is like a legal drama right uh yeah so i think there's like a, a hint of that and this is sure well, sure maybe of like yeah yeah using these large like larger systems and like yeah. seeking justice that way, um, mm -hmm. it's uh, Danielle Deadweiler, I believe, is the uh, the star yes as the mother, uh, who was uh, recently in uh, Station Eleven and was a standout on that show. Uh, oh oh um, yeah, she's really good in that. Even though I don't yeah. like that show. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, it's uh it's a lot of interesting things with this one, and I that it's playing New York. It, as a premiere is uh is cool uh yeah i think it's uh, opening think... wide it's opening wide in october i think it's like opening pretty soon after new york film festival okay sure that makes sense yeah. yeah and i think they will uh announce their galas pretty soon maybe we'll even have one of them later on in this episode who knows uh 
But yeah, we also, uh, I think, fan favorite character, Thierry Frimeau, is back in the news. Having a bad week. Uh, yeah, he's been <laughs> ousted from the French Oscar submission committee as part of a general overhaul. Uh, turned out that uh, Titan, not a great submission when you had nope. happening. Uh, I, I assume that that is a, uh, big, both that he was a person who would have pushed that because Titan was at Cannes and both that that might have been a factor in why this happened. Uh, I think there was like subsequently news about who is on the committee now and it's like more directors. Like I feel like Odiard maybe was on that list. Yeah, Odiard is in uh, other name that yeah. I didn't quite recognize much. But yeah, I think that was like sure. in the reporting of it that was seemed to be the biggest uh like the the yeah. the straw the what broke the camel's back is just like them feeling like mm-hmm. like they had to, too much of a can bias and them picking Titan over happening when uh-huh. one clearly had a better shot at yeah. Oscar than the other one just because one had Yeah. The can prestige, which is probably fair. Yep. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. And it's been like it's been a while since France like won at the Oscars. I uh-huh. think it was also like another like big factor. Sure. Um, uh huh. Uh, I like yeah. The last two years they haven't gotten in at all, and then uh-huh. you know, before that, like it's you know. I'm just doing. This is research. Yeah, before that it was Les Mis. Les Miserables was the last one nominated, which didn't win. Uh-huh. And then who knows the last one to win? Uh, I can find it in a moment. Uh, sure. I mean, like, and like, yeah. I I don't know that happening would have won yeah. just because of what a juggernaut drive my car turned into. But I think it would have been a very good bet for a nomination, and it right could conceivably have won if not in that particular year it is certainly the type of movie that could have won i think have any of yes. the rest of you did any of you ever see it which one happening, happening? no no happening. Not happening i saw it we talked about it a little bit i think because i saw it at sundance we talked right. about it oh you did see it at sundance yeah i don't uh, know it, it's all right yeah it's interesting Indochine, the, mo- the most recent france winner from 1992 Sure. Oui, oui. Um yes, happening. Yeah. I liked I liked happening well enough. I thought it was Yeah. It's there uh, there's some stuff going on. Uh so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is uh Fermo losing his uh influence in the French film community? Could we be closer to scoring that exit interview? Who knows? To be continued. Which would definitely happen. If he got if he left yeah. Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival, he would definitely agree to appear on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What circumstances would he have to have like been accused of for this to be the the largest platform he is able to get <laughs> after after leaving the Cannes? Uh, right. We would right where we would have less scruples than Deadline. <laughs> I feel like we don't need to be the largest. We need to be just one of them. Um, but I will sure. put my foot down and say if he does something really bad, he's not allowed on the show. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> if he just leaves, like... So, you heard it here first, Terry. 
watch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or you yep. won't get to appear on the show. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, if you're leaving, just leave. Don't try and burn any bridges yeah. on your way out. We'll do, yeah. We'll do an exit interview. We're not talking about your murder spree with you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then, uh, just then, one little bit of follow-up from last week. We were talking a little bit about, uh... Yes. Lars von Trier's The Kingdom Exodus, and I think Andy uh, asked me if I was planning on watching the first two seasons, and I said I was, and that they are on Canopy, but Mubi now will have uh, restorations of the first two series, as well as having the new one uh, when that premieres. Uh, I, think that, I think it says they're going to have it sometime this fall so relatively quickly i believe it is the going to be the first uh movie tv show uh this is at least in the united states uh i know there is like a danish company that has it there at least and maybe in other parts of europe uh so yeah sounds like uh that that'll be another thing that is out there relatively quickly. Yeah. Yours ramping up. A lot of stuff going to come out mm-hmm. soon. It's going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But we'll have so much content for the podcast. Where <laughs> Yeah. Well, get ready for all of our takes on all the news. Helen loves slinging tent. Mm-hmm. He loves content. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe how many times Colin has in the group DM just been like, we're not putting out enough content. I mean, we, need we don't need to talk about this, but truly, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have two dormant social media accounts and one that just is an episode release system. <laughs> but uh, we don't uh, need to talk about that. I guess three, we do have a TikTok. <laughs> right. That's true. Here's how we get... Follow us on TikTok. We get a car out a window on YouTube shorts. <laughs> Colin, you were... Oh, no. Truly, you were the only person who would even <laughs> care. Yeah. You, listen, I, I bless you to just take the lead on all our YouTube shorts content, Colin. You can just generate and post as much as you want on YouTube shorts. Yep. Don't tip yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Truly, it can be anything okay <laughs> do not do not consult us do not even <laughs> let us know that it's happening okay <laughs> okay bet <laughs> uh, i'm gonna dip out for the just... rest of the episode <laughs> <laughs> i want to go you know storm i want to just find yeah in just like three months i just want to find out that like you went viral on youtube shorts on the can i can get i mean it's a real like snake eating its own tail where i go viral but i'm the only one who watches youtube shorts so it means nothing to anybody <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'll take care of the Instagram reels. But uh, yeah. she's making reels in the loop. <laughs> let's uh, let's, let's move, go on. Ahead and move on. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah, talk about what people like to hear us talk about, which is a film festival. In it. No, this is the real juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's not assume. Let's not a... Yeah, let's not assume our listeners. Let's not box ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The Toronto International Film Festival. Yes, they announced mm-hmm. two sections. The 2022 edition. These two sections are the special presentations 
And the gala, what is the second word? Gala presentation? Just, just galas. Galas. Yeah. Okay. They're just galas. They're just galas. Yep, the galas, they premiere at uh, Roy Thompson Hall. There's two of them a day. Uh, I, I think the the, re- the only thing that really separates them from special presentations is that, like, the major talent is all guaranteed to be there for galas, whereas they are merely likely to be there for special presentations. Um, did uh, we mention that required. we're basically, I mean, three of us are covering TIFF as press. <laughs> we're covering TIFF. Uh, do we want to talk about Two that? to three. Sure, sure, yes. sure. Yes. We're, uh, there, a, a large quantity of us will be there, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And a large percentage of those people will be accredited as press. Yeah. Yes, so we'll have the inside scoop, the uh, the inside access. Mm-hmm. Get ready for all Andy the inside Spielberg stuff interview. You <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God, I would fucking I shit mean, my pants. We'll talk about it. But we should you should definitely interview Lila Nukabauer. I feel like we can make that happen. Sure, sure, sure. Oh boy, sure. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Maybe not. We did try to do the equivalent of that last year, and it didn't work. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll just yeah. We'll be walking around town. We'll have some. Interviews. I'll be doing man on the yeah. street interviews. I'll be asking the people on the street what they're excited <laughs> to watch at TIFF. Mm-hmm. Their favorite right. spots in Toronto. You know, some of that. But for kind now. Of but <laughs> for now, we just have these movies announced. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is a significant amount of movie that is 64, I believe, are announced. And, no, 63. Right. 63. I think it's 64. 63. Inc- yeah, that's including the ones that it already yeah, included, been announced, yes. I think. The total amount of announced movies are 63. Okay. And... Yeah, so that's like a little... It sounds like they're going to be close to 200 this year. So that's like a little under a third, probably. Yeah. And... Uh, but it's it's maybe like half or more of the like big things. Right. Of the stuff with people you've heard of attached to it. Yeah. Like, contemporary world cinema will have, like, some of the can stuff that's, like, name directors-ish, but not necessarily name stars. Uh, you know, there'll be stuff scattered across the other categories, but a lot of it'll just be like, huh? And no one will ever hear or talk about it. For sure. So... I've devised the little games for us to be able to discuss mm-hmm. the films that have been announced. Now, the beginning of this game was me asking my three co-hosts what 10 movies they were most excited to watch at, that have been announced for the Toronto Film Festival. And out of those lists, I was able to pull 10 movies that had crossover between all three of their lists. And these 10 movies... So you could consider this list of 10 our 10 most anticipated movies of the Toronto Film Festival. Yes. And these films are Women Talking by Sarah Polly. Decision... Which will also be at Telluride. Which will also be at Telluride. Can Premiere yes. Decision to Leave by Park Chan-wook. Venice Premiere The Eternal Daughter by Joanna Hogg. Uh, Which we talked about last uh, week. Can directed Fortnite premiere One Fine Morning by Mia Hansen Love. 
TIFF World premiere? Causeway by Lila Nugabauer? I got yes. that right. Yes. Oh. Correct. Yep. Uh, Walk Up by Hong Sang Soo. What is that? What's this? Also a TIFF. Uh, also a world TIFF premiere. world premiere. Walk Up by Hong Sang Soo. Yeah. No I zooms in this the, one. Yeah. And the, um, the poster has a San Sebastian logo on it as well. So it's going to be taking the same path as, uh, yourself and yours did several years ago so colin you're saying no zooms in this one that's what we're looking out for in the new hong kong too i know it's a very bold direction for him to he's there's no zooms in the movie which is like the first time since wasn't like woman on the beach or something something like that it's all it's a long time it's ago. been a while yeah he brought the zooms in and they they haven't gone away but now they have he brought in a second color. He never does it again. Oh, be crazy. <laughs> he brought in a second uh-huh. color to his palette and then he removed it. Uh, n- number seven, Tiff World Premiere, The Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. We mm-hmm. talked about it last yes. week. Yeah. Number eight, yep. Tiff World Premiere, I believe. Wendell and Wild, Harry Selleck. Henry Selleck. Yes. I always get hair. I always say fucking Harry when it's Henry. Sure. Excited for this one. I mean, obviously a movie that stop motion. A movie that's been announced. We've been talking about for years and years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's finally presumably. Yeah, presumably that means it'll just be on Netflix by the end of the year. Netflix doesn't like put stuff at festivals and then hold on to it. Really. My guess is like it's like horror ish, right? So my guess is it's going to be like in October. Maybe. maybe. There might even be a date already. I'm not sure. Could be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like certainly, you know, Henry Selleck. There's not a trailer yet. There's been a a, a lot of like small little clips from it. Oh, have there? Okay. Okay. Yeah, but it's like truly like a 20 second clips from it that they put, they randomly put out. Yeah. Sure. I think, yeah. Netflix has said October. Yeah. I think. Okay. Obviously, director of Nightmare Before Monkey Christmas, Bone. Monkey Bone, Coraline. Expect that vibe. Working with James and the Giant Peach. You know, James yeah. and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the filmography. That those are the five. Working <laughs> with Key and Peele. This is a special presentation, yeah. so maybe don't expect them to be there. But uh, who knows? No. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Or maybe expect. One we'll, uh, one, we'll get the guest list at some point. Yeah. Maybe expect one of them to be there. W- which one <laughs> you assume is more available? We'll leave that up to you. <laughs> Number nine is uh, Venice World Premiere: The Sun by Florian Zeller. Yes. Yep. Which isn't gonna be playing uh, Telluride because it's a. North American premiere at TIFF, which is interesting because that seems like a Telluride-ass movie. Sure. I guess the father didn't play Telluride because there was no Telluride that year. Right. And number 10 is... This this a TIFF premiere? I assume so, yeah. Catherine Called Birdie. Yes. Lena Dunham. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think we talked about a little bit, like... Amazon yep. pushed it back, seems like, specifically yeah. so that it could have a TIFF premiere. Uh-huh. Uh, Maybe it just wasn't done. Yeah. Who knows? There. Who knows? I mean, they had a Maybe. trailer for it, like, in May. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you there, Lena. 
Yeah, uh, we're excited yeah. to talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're coming to have a chat. Yep. Sharpstick in New York and LA theaters yeah. right now. Whatever the opposite of an exit interview is <laughs> for her being on the podcast permanently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to the fifth chair if you want it. Yeah, we'll add you to the DM. It'll be great. <laughs> no, it would, that would not be great. But uh... <laughs> so yeah, those are our basically our ten most anticipated. But instead, he basically, <laughs> basically, there was no formal process for choosing except for my little machinations. But in further machinations, right. we will now be drafting ten more movies that seem interesting. Yeah, at TIFF, that is about as positive as I could probably could get anybody on this call to to stand by these ten movies. Oh, I, I have. They're gonna be good. These are gonna be good I'm, movies. Yeah, I have more that I'm like excited about and like I certainly want to see. They're not, you know, the slam dunks necessarily, but yeah, I think we're gonna get a lot of potential on this second list. Yeah. So. My three co-hosts, they will each be picking three movies in a snake order draft. Yeah. And this will be... Are we going to pick an order or is it... Just... I, ha- I do have a way to determine the order. Uh-oh. Great. Three-sided coin? No. So, <laughs> as I said... as I said, your favorite? <laughs> the first list is determined by how much crossover... the What movies had crossover. Right. So... You will get yeah. to pick in the rev- in the rev- in the order of the most crossover your list had with the overall list. So, okay. The first pick will be Cullen. Second pick will be Jesse. Third pick will be Andy, and then we will go back around. Okay. Great. Great. I have to say, not particularly worried about others uh, stealing my picks for this one, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. No, I don't think I am either. Especially because it's a I collaborative mean, effort, so they're not Maybe. thefts. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, think uh, about. Yeah, right. Someone else gets to take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. think about it. Andy. If somebody right. picks one of the movies you're excited for, then you get to pick another movie you're excited for. Yeah, they're giving. Another movie. Given a gift that's right. of having that's to right. go back into this lineup and be like. <laughs> Uh, Andy's like, <laughs> and then can we do honorable mentions because I've got like 50 yeah. and obviously 3 times 3 equals 9 so I will have one pick and I told them I would have my pick at the end but how about I start with my pick no I guess go ahead yeah. that's fine, okay. that's fine. So I'm going to stop if you, feel if you take my it. big one I'll be mad same okay. <laughs> no I'm going to pick because I since I'm the only person who has seen all of your lists I'm not going to pick anything that was on all of your lists sure okay. sure sure great so this is a movie from a director I am interested in but I believe this is their first feature film I have mostly enjoyed mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. person's work in the medium of television I am talking about the film Chevalier, directed by mm-hmm. Stephen Williams, longtime director of TV shows Lost and Watchmen and other That's TV right. shows in between, but mostly Lost and Watchmen is what I know him from, in which he does great work. Okay. Yes, he's a, Lind- a Lindelof collaborator. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Do we know who wrote it? I know it's uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Right? Uh, Stephanie Robinson wrote for Atlanta. Right? 
Oh, sure. She uh, And she's like an EP on uh, what we do in the shadows, yeah. I think. A lot of Fargo, a lot of FX shows. But yeah, Chevalier, the story about a uh, a black a black composer in like the middle of like Marie Antoinette era France. Kelvin Harrison Jr. the lead performance probably gonna be stylish. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna be interesting. I don't know. It just seemed like I like yeah. Stephen Williams, and it seems like mm-hmm. you know composer movies are always interesting. They're always fun. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know yet if Tar is going to be added to the lineup, so it's nice to have some sort of classical music yeah. representation in the lineup. Yeah. Um, oh, what's a tip uh, without a movie about a composer? <laughs> See you next year, Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Maestro at TIFF. Bradley, work in the crowd. Um yeah, I I think this is a great pick. I I definitely had the still. I think is very striking for this one. Uh, it's like Kelvin Harrison Jr. holding up a violin and a bow, like uh, wearing a wig, wearing a fancy like powder wig, uh, uh, in front of a, a looks like a chamber orchestra. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think it's a great pick. <sighs> yeah. He uh, was in Cyrano last year. Uh, Elvis this year. That's true. <laughs> he's really good in Cyrano, also. Um, yeah, he's very good in Cyrano. He's uh, all right ra- from all waves. right in waves. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. He is in that. He kind of does what the movie asks him to. I don't know if it's his fault. People like loose. He's uh, been around. Yeah. Some people like loose. Yeah. He yeah he was he worked with Trey he's Schultz. In, he's in uh, Trial of Chicago Seven. Right, he's in the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Samara Weaving, Mini Driver. Might be fun. Seems interesting. Yeah. So. So, so now me. Now Colin. I'm going with, this was on my list. It's one that I've not gone back and forth on, but just like, I sort of ebb and flow with this filmmaker. Uh, but I, it's like a sort of, not an upswing, but I am just like interested in seeing this one. Because it's mm-hmm. it's just a funny thought to me in a way, but uh, Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Oslin premiered at Cannes, won the Palm mm-hmm. Door. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the runtime thing where we talked about that he was like, "I'm gonna right. make it longer." And I looked this up. <laughs> the TIFF runtime listed at 143 minutes. The Cannes on their website runtime listed at 149. <laughs> so what's happening? It's short. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what is Someone going forced on. him to cut it down. No. I don't know. Wow. Just like yeah. Who is holding, who's that holding we're the from true, the, you know, websites? Yeah. But I mean, it's cra- that it's like he promised longer and we get shorter. <laughs> I, it's the, the Joker's trick of Ruben Oslin. I uh, can't believe he's doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't like the square. I remember really loving Force Majeure. I need to rewatch it. Um, but it is just like, it won the palm uh, in a very funny way to me. <laughs> where it sure did. We talked about the whole legacy of that primal <laughs> Twitter space. Did, yes. um, and I mean, we've we've talked about it a bunch. It's about the uh, cruise ship that crashes, right? It's like um, yeah, a bunch of like yeah. elite rich people. Harris Dickinson, Shara uh, uh, B. Dean is an actress who's in it. You've got Woody Harrelson, obviously popping off. Saying a lot of crazy stuff around uh, the movie coming out. The press out. for this movie, right? Yes. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> I heard he's only in like one scene, which I really that's realize. funny. I think yeah. he's not in it very much. Yeah, very yeah. Funny. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, 
I'm I'm very interested to see it just because like even mm-hmm. the square which I don't like, it is something that like is watchable in a way even though I really like dislike a lot of it. But I mean, <laughs> I think that's Oslin's thing is like he is just a bit of a troll <laughs> and an edge lord. So it'll be funny to see what he does with a you know a cruise ship and a desert deserted island or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a great pick. This was on my long list that got cut uh, down to 10 for our for this purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I was surprised it. it didn't make it on the game list. Right, uh, yeah. Well, I tried to avoid, like, stuff that had played at can and stuff already on, uh, my, on my 10 that I was excited for. Sure. List. Um uh but yeah i think i think this is this is this would be a lot of fun to see in a festival environment i think yeah yeah i mean yeah the festival high around it also <laughs> could go either way oh what if the crowd turns everyone gets mad right <laughs> everybody starts shouting before it's my eight yeah. minutes uh, yeah fuck you <laughs> we needed it more anyway but yeah before... who's next yes? <laughs> no wait yeah, yes, all right yes, yes. Uh, I feel like there's one, one, there's really one movie that is high on my list that is not on our, uh, our joint list, and it's not a movie that I can necessarily be all that confident about, it's a movie, it is a a sophomore feature from a director named Zachary Wygon, uh, I believe was a film critic before a director. His first movie, uh, has some, like, very indie movie I believe it's uh, Heart stars, Machine, uh, it's called. Yep, that's it. Uh, stars Caitlin Scheele and John Gallagher Jr. Uh, I'll try and check it out before the festival have not yet. Uh, but this new movie, of course, uh, Sanctuary starring uh margaret qualley and christopher abbott two of our finest uh uh is about a uh a dominatrix and a high-powered businessman uh and she is trying to stop him from cutting off their relationship i believe uh so i don't know uh I, uh, I'm just interested in, uh, watching those two people in a movie. Yeah. They both sure. sort of have, like, uh, Livewire spark plug energy. It'll be fun to see them bounce off of each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Chris, Christopher Abbott, of course, welcome to come hang out with us and Lena Dunham. Please! Oh my god, can you imagine <laughs> reuniting? <laughs> Let's break bread. Yeah. Yep, this is one uh, where the uh, another intriguing still uh, with uh, Mar- Margaret Qualley uh, uh, lasciviously biting a metal straw. Um, I haven't yeah. seen her. I mean, <laughs> she's so hot, even though it's kind of a bad wig. <laughs> bad wig? Right, oh it's my a, god! It's, no, it's interesting. See it. it's, a, it's, a, it's a blonde wig. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a there's, Cullen, yeah. the there's a puff of smoke meme. where Cullen used to be on the screen. He's he's run out. What of is the movie called again? Uh, 
Sanctuary. It's called Sanctuary. sanctuary. About the hips of falling off from the chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a world premiere at the festival. Uh, so we'll see you there. I just saw the picture. <laughs> we'll be seated. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. Andy, what's your pick? <laughs> I don't think you're going to have the same reaction to this. Um, my, first, my first pick is, of course, none other uh, than Stephen Freer's The Lost King. Andy is truly uh, in his element right now. <laughs> We're doing it, folks. <laughs> Tiff is happening. Yeah. We're press. It's going to be great. Uh, Stephen Frears, of course, uh, director of Philomena, reuniting with his uh, his leading man from that movie. Gullen uh, <laughs> showing us the poster for uh, uh, Sanctuary right now. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and also Sally Hawkins starring. Uh, it's the true. It's a true story of an amateur historian battling skepticism and bureaucracy in her quest to locate the final resting place of King Richard III. I think that sounds like a jolly good time. Uh, it's um, yeah. I you know Stephen Frears. He's made a lot of stuff that I like and have seen. He also made Victorian Abdul, which is absolutely awful. But this doesn't <laughs> appear to be dealing with like the same quite le- like the same thematic territory quite as much. So. Uh, I think it looks very fun and charming, uh, and yeah, it'll, it's just going to be good. Just a good Stephen Frears movie I, starring <laughs> Sally Hawkins and Steve I did Dugan. briefly talk to a previous guest of the podcast who talked about this story being notorious in history circles. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Sally Hawkins is interesting, because I really like her in The Shape of Water, even though I hate that movie. But sure. then Spencer is, like, not... I mean, that role is, like, my least favorite thing about the movie. But I think she is also... Well, there's so many things I don't like about that movie that I don't know if I can say it's my least favorite. But I do hate that role and don't think she is good in it. So, I don't know. Sure. So it sounds like you like her as a leading lady, which I think this is what this movie's given you, so... That's a great point, Andy. Andy, yep. Andy, Andy, the Tiff used car salesman. What can I do to get you into the the lost game? Yeah, the answer to what you can do is uh, that it has to have a press screening at a time when nothing else interesting is screening, and also I don't feel like there is enough time to go take a nap. Uh, Andy's like. What can we do to get you in the rush line for the new Mendez movie? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Andy, your second pick. <laughs> yes, my second pick uh, is, of course, going to be none other than uh, Sebastian Lelio's The Wonder. Uh, um, sure. uh, you know, Sebastian Lelio's uh, Gloria Bell, uh, one of probably like the best screening experience I've had at TIFF uh, in the two It was basically it was like just... Midnight Madness, but for moms at the, in the early morning. <laughs> and it's yeah. where, it's where, or it's where we, Andy we, Right, met. we physically yeah. met for the first time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Everyone uh, j- just a great time. 
uh, uh, seeing that one in the theater. Um, and this one, you know, it's uh, looks like it's a period piece. Uh, Florence Pugh starring. Uh, she's playing a nurse investigating the case of a child who has not eaten for months. Four months. Seems intriguing there. Uh, Florence Pugh, of course, extremely, you know, uh, people are very excited about Florence Pugh these days. Uh, yeah, I think that I think it'll be a good time. You know, uh, I, 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 like I said, Gloria Bell was just like an incredible TIFF screening experience, and I'd love to give him another. I'd love to get another one in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a Canadian premiere, so we'll also be at Telluride. Uh, it does. It seems as if TIFF basically has right of first refusal for any Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Venice. Uh, so it, it would imagine that means that they turned it down, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily not good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like the opposite of the last one where I'm like, I generally like Lelio, so it would normally be like, yeah, sure, this would be somewhere on my list, but uh, have never enjoyed a Florence Pugh performance. Wow! <laughs> that's a fair I know, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's simply true. Going back to Lady Macbeth, I've just been like, I don't get this. Have you seen Outlaw King? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how much money to get you to watch Outlaw King, Jesse? How much, how much, how many copies? Uh, 200? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, you want oh, Jesse to watch Outlaw King? I know when the Outlaw King. All right, Jesse, I think it's your turn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Jesse. I guess then. Uh, okay. Uh, I will next take. Uh, a movie that we, that I've kind of been, I feel like we've kind of been circling around for a while. I think we mentioned it a little last week, because it is in the Venice competition. Uh, and that is Alice Diop's Saint Omer, uh, director of the uh, Encounters winning documentary uh, New or We, which was her first feature a couple years ago. This is her first fiction feature uh, about a novelist attending a trial in order to write a modern-day adaptation of Medea. Uh, and it's been something that's, like, been kind of buzzy for a while. There was, like, uh... Maybe it's gonna be in Cannes competition, which would be uh, a big thing for, like, a second feature, first fiction feature. And then it was like, maybe it'll be in Director's Fortnite, and then when it wasn't there, I was like, that's interesting, I wonder if Venice is gonna put it in competition. And then they did. Uh, Andrea Picard also tweeted from uh, the Wavelengths programmer at TIFF, tweeted from the Wavelengths account about really liking it, and she is somewhat, she is just, like, probably one of the programmers, uh, at a festival who I trust the recommendation of the most, uh, 
you know, I think that that wavelength section is like a big part of like why I am interested in going to festivals and to TIFF particularly. Uh, so even though this is not in that section, this seems to have her seal of approval. And I think she has kind of moved into like working on other parts of the festival. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just, that That is enough to get me in the door, I think. Uh, though, you know, it's hard to say that, uh, cause there, there's always gonna be weird scheduling stuff and it can be hard to resist the pull of the famous actor or director. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And, it, you know, it, that is, uh, it's the kind of premise also that gets me interested, uh, if I can't get my beloved no novel adaptation, I can at least get something about a novelist in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Saint Omer, check it out. Sounds great. Colin Atchley. Yeah. Your next bit. Um. I guess I'm gonna go with the menu. <laughs> Okay. The Mark Milo. That's movie. a very fun pick. I'm really this yeah. Is that's very that's on my long list. I yeah. uh, I tweeted about this recently. I don't know if anyone saw, but my guess is this movie is going to be like a full <laughs> comedy, and it's like not being hidden from the marketing because like it's in the trailer they play the Hereditary score, and when I watched it the first time, I was like, "This is crazy that they're playing the Hereditary score." I guess that's just where we're at in movies now. And then it, uh, I saw the trailer again, and it ends with this like very weird joke by Nicholas Holt, uh, that and it's like Rylance is like doing like a funny like mug basically, like sort of Grand Budapest style. And I was like, "What's the deal with this movie? Like this is like just some weird <laughs> fake prestige horror movie." And I'm like, Mark Mylod directs a bunch of Succession. It's written right. by mm -hmm. one of the Succession writers and this guy named Seth Reese who um, wrote on Seth Meyers, was like a big writer on Seth Meyers, and they both, I don't remember the other writer's name right now, but they both worked at mm -hmm. The Onion and were like prolific Onion sure, writers. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, mm -hmm. they're just, I feel like there's something that they're like, we don't know about this movie, that it is going to just be a I mean, comedy. It, I want to say it was a Blacklist script. I Maybe. think it has been, I think it's out there. And I feel like, cause it, and it was also, it was initially announced uh, with Emma Stone instead of Anya Taylor-Joy, sure. but then Alexander Payne was the first director who was announced. Yeah, and I wow. feel like it was announced, I feel like it was announced as, like, a horror comedy. I mean, yeah, uh, on Twitter I said it was going to be, like, a scary movie level parody of elevated horror, <laughs> which I don't think it, it might not go that far. But it is, like, right. it has these trappings. It's about this, like, Michelin mm -hmm. star, like, chef doing this tasting menu that uh, seems to go sinister. And there's, like, murder, uh, Hong mm -hmm. Chow's in it. Um, but then also, like, Peter yeah. Gross, Ugh, who so also good. is a Sapphire's oh. writer, plays a sommelier yep. in it, uh, which I feel like is just... Uh, yeah. I haven't seen for... the trailer. That's fun. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not really in the trailer. It's he's like really funny. The, sure. the trailer is set up like a sort of uh, 
yeah. you know, horror movie. Um, it, it's playing it pretty straight, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then I guess... Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I would say perhaps the improv show I have seen where I have most been like, these are people who are just, like, absolutely at the top of the craft was uh, Peter Gross and John Lutz doing yeah, two pro. who also wrote on Seth Meyers sure. and was in 30 yeah. Rock. Um, but then also, yeah, they, like, like, know each other from uh, Chicago. Sure, and, yeah. But also, like, yeah. other people in the cast is, like, Arturo Castro. So it's either, like, mm-hmm. these people are just hiring their friends or it is just a comedy. <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, right, I, I am interested in that aspect of it to see, like, where it falls on the scale of, like, yeah, if it is just, like, a horror movie or if it's, like, I guess Ready or Not was something that tried to position itself as a horror comedy that some people mm-hmm. ended up liking but it didn't really make a splash. And I think this one having, you know, bigger names in it could do something to yeah. that effect. Maybe more I guess it, this is a movie maybe right. in those veins totally, but the, it gave me vibes. This is sort of a curse movie to talk about now, but Cabin in the Woods. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, that's another mm-hmm. thing where, like, people didn't know what that was really going to be, and then it sort uh-huh. of revealed itself. The whole layer with Whitford and... Jack yeah, yeah. Was, it revealed like, itself yeah. to be something more. So it could be a similar yeah. thing to that. Uh, but I am just excited to see yeah. where it goes, even though the trailer itself, I'm not like, this movie looks good. I'm like, what is going to happen? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, Mylod's first movie since, like, he's sort of broken out of... Succession. Uh, yeah. As the main the main succession director. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't even know that he directed movies before. I, yeah, nothing you've ever heard of, I don't think. I would just like sure. pursuing sure. his... He's, he mostly does TV. Uh-huh. Yeah, he directed uh, 23 uh-huh. episodes of Entourage, Cullen. I don't um, know. Uh, the funniest <laughs> you ever made. Entourage is a bit of a... Cullen's... Com- it's a bit of a horror show disguised in a comedy, so... <laughs> True. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Cullen's now uh, beating Andy at selling me on Tiffany. Wow! Well, then let me do my third pick to... I didn't realize this was the competition. <laughs> <laughs> my third one's not going to get you back. Yeah, say. I wouldn't mean any of the same one. I doubt it. But uh, can I just say it? Should I go? Yeah. I considered yeah, maybe sure. the activity to maybe I just pick another one, but I whatever. <laughs> you go. Uh, I'll Do go you want to say one? Go for it. Like uh, we're gonna have eleven. <laughs> I mean, we would have twelve because yeah. I would have to pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll just say another one and then another one at the end. I mean, I would have to do. I I guess I was considering throwing myself into a normal pick order. But uh... <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Calling an audible. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. That is true. I'll yeah. bleep it. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it. Thank <laughs> you. And that's an audible. Uh, I'm gonna say my policeman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Go Hell for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Famously, the movie where you see Harry Can... Styles bum bum, but you don't see his pee pee. <laughs> Uh-huh. Is Emilio, can it? you tell me? Yeah, that is, I believe, the quote. Emilio, can you tell me anything about this director's previous film? Ooh. Michael Grandage. Well, oh, he's a he's a great stage yes, director. I know I know that they are they're a stage sure. a stage director that mostly their background and where this movie is getting produced by. I don't 
I guess I, I was not familiar if whether he... He does have... I, I think he may has multiple previous films, but his his pre, his direct previous film... Uh, I, God, is it called Genius? One it of sure the, is. like... It's one of the, like, absolute dregs of, like, pre... Uh, Chatrian Berlin being like, I guess we have to have something that's in English and has stars. Uh, with, I think, Jude Law, Colin Firth, and mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, Laura Linney, Guy Pierce. Laura Linney, yes. It's about, yeah, most of them are playing, like, Famous, famous writers figures, from yeah. the the early 20th century. It's like Fitzgerald and Hemingway and I guess the Midnight in Paris crowd. I think Firth is like the lead, is like their editor. Um, and just absolutely got trashed. Uh, sounded like dog You're shit. saying that he is um, a Berlin-approved director of major movie stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's my point. That is your point. Glad to hear it. You can listen. You, Harry Styles' butt. We all want to see it. Maybe the screening. The screening will certainly maybe be rowdy. Uh, uh, you always want. He's you always want a rowdy screening at TIFF. You always want, like, young women throwing popcorn at the screen or whatever you might assume might happen at a screening like that. Um, I don't know. It seems buzzy. It might be terrible, but it, it probably would be terrible in a fun way. You know, it might be this year's the Goldfinch. You always want to get get early in on the Goldfinch fever. The Goldfinch is not terrible in a fun way. I have to say, as uh, one of the only people who has seen that. <laughs> right, you saw it twice. Yeah. Right, uh, no. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> How many Harry Styles stands do we think can make their way? into the press screening of My Policeman. I only watch My Policeman with the... Well, I feel Emilio's like got to be I mean, they zero. accredited us. Like, <laughs> who knows, like, how deep they're accrediting sure, this year. It, if, like, HarryStylesNews.com got accredited, like... closed before this movie was announced. Though I guess they could have been anticipating that one of his movies would be I only, here. I That's only true. watch my uh, movie of the people. Yeah. Uh, I, I will refuse to attend any press screenings. I will be there. Yeah. You use one of your public we'll, will, screening tickets. Good luck. Be there. Good will, luck getting in. With the stands day one. Uh, and you got a ride. And then the other movie yeah. I will pick. I'm just going for real tiff ass stuff, you know. Just I just want to put this all out there. Yeah. Alright. It's the People's Festival. I had one that I was like, this is the tiffiest movie ever made, and I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> Andy's gonna be like, you took my pick! <laughs> I don't think it was on Andy's list, but maybe I, it, it'll pro it was probably on Andy's long list. Wait, where the fuck is this? Wait, wait, why is this list only special presentation? It's just fucked. God, what is the name of this movie? It is... It is funny that this movie is a comma. It's called Raymond and Ray. Sure. Sure. This is McGregor, the, uh, Rodrigo Garcia right, that movie. no one knew existed the previous two uh, uh -huh. being announced as part of this lineup. Remove all context from it. Somebody tells you Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke are playing brothers in a movie. You're telling me you're not at least a little yeah. curious to see what that is? 
Sure. Stars mm-hmm. of Moon Knight and Obi-Wan. The Stars of Moon Knight and Obi-Wan. It's true. Yeah, it's true. The Disney Plus boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you think they called each other they called each other the Disney Plus boys on set? Yeah. I don't think so. No. I think they shot this movie five years ago, is my guess. <laughs> so they didn't even... Disney Plus was only a glint. Uh, yeah. And fucking... Bob Iger's eye. Whatever his name's eye. <laughs> Bezos, probably. Yeah. Listen. Go ahead, go they ahead. They shot it five ahead. years ago, <laughs> meaning it could be like a Linklater-style experiment. And, and I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was yeah, not having <laughs> any information. That was a guess. <laughs> They shot it five years ago. It sat on the shelf. It's aging like wine. <laughs> the world wasn't ready. It's aging like fine wine. What is this movie about, Emilio? So, the tips description of it is an intricate drama shot through an audacious gallows humor. Shot with audacious gallows humor. The latest from writer-director Rodrigo Garcia stars Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke as long-estranged half-brothers who you reunite to bury their father. Sure. A little four brothers vibe, you know. Sure. Yeah. And well, this is another one where the still is like, Ethan Hawke is really got like scuzzy vibes. He's got like a goatee and like is wearing like sure. a sleeveless tee underneath a button down that he's wearing unbuttoned. And then right. Ewan McGregor's like really clean cut. He's wearing like a a mm-hmm. nice a nice shirt buttoned up over a t shirt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, looks like he got uh, yeah. a little bit Rodrigo of Rodrigo Garcia, of course, the director of uh, Albert Knobs. Yeah. I mm-hmm. want to say his last movie is the one where Ewan McGregor plays both Jesus. Or no, he did that uh, Mila Kunis, Glenn Close movie. But I think yes. his last... I believe it uh, four good that days. I think terrible. his last one. <laughs> I think his last one before that is the one where you and McGregor plays both Jesus and the devil. Uh, I have I I watched just like for no reason not that long ago. Uh, things you can tell just by looking at her, which is just like a ensemble light drama with a bunch of women in it. That's like fine. It's like. Glenn Close and Cameron Diaz and maybe Holly Hunter's in it. It's like, you know, there's they're all good. He's not doing anything distracting. Gallows humor, really not what I would look to Rodrigo Garcia for. Listen, sometimes you need humor from the gallows. Uh, other but... other people in this movie? Mary Bell Duke, Sophia Canada. Sure. I do like Mary Bell Anyway, yeah. Colin, now you all get one last pick. I'm going with the all greatest right. beer run ever. <laughs> 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 the uh, Peter Fairley movie starring mm-hmm. Bill Murray, Russell Crowe, and Zac Efron. Um, it's, what, it's about them going back to some friend of theirs who, like, died in Vietnam to, like pour beer on his grave or something <laughs> I don't ask me i believe uh, a friend of ours uh described it as peter Farrelly's the five bloods so uh that uh-huh. could be funny uh but yeah i mean look we kind of were scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, on uh tiff picks <laughs> uh this was like the only I one where i was like what are you talking about i was like this is the only one that is <laughs> 
some sort of morbid curiosity. Obviously, Fairley's last movie was at TIFF. Green Book, it won the People's Choice Award. Uh, shout out to Grolsch. And this one, I'm calling it. It's going to win again. <laughs> He's going to do the... Uh, in a few more years, he'll get the Triple Crown. Have his third People's Choice Award and uh, third best picture win. So I'm excited to see the run that the greatest beer run ever goes on. Yeah. Russell Crowe will get what if he a wins supporting for this, and then next year Bobby wins for his movie. That would be crazy. And then the year after that, they reunite and make another movie. I do think that Bobby's movie might be coming out in like February. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. just to clarify, the description of it is Zach Garfield and Russell Crowe star in Peter Farrelly's follow-up to Green Book about a merchant seaman who, in 1967, accepted a bet to personally deliver a case of beer from New York to his army buddies in Vietnam. Yes. And Bill Murray, I believe, is the person they're going to? Yeah, probably. So sure. the Colonel Kurtz? Yeah. He, um, maybe he's with them. Mm-hmm. I think that I think this description is just pointedly not mentioning Bill Murray. What? What's up? <laughs> Do we think he's going to show up? Oh, 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 he will, but he won't tell anybody. He'll be like serving drinks or whatever the hell yeah. he does. When right. he yeah. The party. yeah, he's going to he's going to push me into a fountain. Yeah, he's somewhere. organizing a kickball game. Yeah, he'll be in- fucking <laughs> everyone else. He'll death. be in the audience with me for my policeman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He loves Harry. Um, but yeah, I mean, right. look, maybe it's good. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I, the, my guess is it probably will be mediocre at best. If it's great, that'd be very fun. But I listen. What can you do? Just yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, a big sorry, Russell Crowe comeback. Mm-hmm. Sir, I, I just a big Russell Crowe comeback would be really interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Been, he's Hasn't been he been coming back for the last five years, and then it got derailed by the, Thor? The, I guess yeah. Thor I mean, so he had nice guys. No. And then he had the thing where he played Roger Ailes. Right. Uh, yeah. And then has he done anything? I don't else? know. I feel like, I feel like it's just like uh, been unhinged. a general like. Right, yeah, I feel like he's maybe not had, like, a, a mainstream comeback, but there had been kind of, like, a a swell of, like, oh, he's been doing interesting work for the last few years. Yeah, I think he's sort of become, uh, like, a favorite And then of everyone was, like, sure. And then everyone was, like, he's the worst performance in this bad movie. Sure. Um, <laughs> he's also in uh, True History of the Kelly Gang, which he's good in. Um, sure, but, yeah, uh, sure. He exactly, yeah. I mean, look, it's it'll it'll be what it is. <laughs> it, it'll yeah. be what it is. You can next up. Yeah, Jesse, hit us. All right. Yeah, I don't think I have anything like fun to pick, so I'll just use this slot to go on the record and say that I think there's a solid chance that the McDonough is good. Sure. Uh, Banshees of uh, what is it? Irish Isherin. Isherin. Yes. Yeah. Inisher. In in Inisherin. You got. I think Colin just said it right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I uh like his first two movies a fair mm-hmm. amount, though I haven't seen them in a very long time. I like. I don't think. Uh, I read the cripple of Inish. We, we talked about it last week that it seems to be like the third part of this trilogy that he abandoned right. of plays and i've read the cripple of Inishman, i believe 
I don't think I've read The Lieutenant of Inishmore. I did, I, and then I, I also read his, like, first... I, I, like, got a book out from the library that's the first three. Uh, that's right. the other trilogy. Uh, and I don't know. I'm just, like, I think... It's just, like, I think uh, it'll, it's gonna be a good showcase for uh, Farrell and Gleason. I would, you know... Seems like uh, uh, it'll be a solid watch, even if not necessarily something to like prioritize seeing it. Tiff, given yeah. that it's gonna come out like uh, a couple of weeks later, and probably it's Searchlight, so it'll be in plenty of theaters. But or maybe who knows how Searchlight works? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I'm somewhat excited for that. If it if there's a free slot, I'll check it I'm out. I'm gonna check it out also. For this sure. this might be my triangle of sadness where I'm like, three billboards sucks ass, <laughs> but maybe this one is good. I enjoyed Seven Psychopaths. Okay, uh, next week. <laughs> next week, uh, join us for our uh, Lieutenant of Inishmore episode where we talk about the play. God, if. <laughs> If there were, if, we'll, we'll read, we'll read if out there some scenes. I'm having the opposite reaction to this that I had to the Sanctuary <laughs> News. <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, there was definitely a time in my life where if you had asked me, like, what are your five favorite movies, Seven Psychopaths would have been one of them. Sure. Uh, I Have I watched that movie since I was a teenager? Certainly not. Psychopaths would have freaking but... directed them, am I right? Okay, okay, okay. Andy, what's your Andy, last what's pick? pick? Alright, my last Close pick. Close it out strong. Number one tip You're staying all... Andy Grimuga. <laughs> You're all gonna be so mad at me. Uh, always, always great to go in with that. I am, of course, picking... <laughs> yeah. I am, of course, picking uh, Paul Weitz's Moving On. Wow, that's uh, a normal the... one. I'm not mad at that at all. Okay. I Jesse's mad at hate me. Yeah. Uh, that Grandma. Lily Tomlin movie. Yeah, yeah. Sure, God, that sure. movie is uh, um, so bad. I remember. I don't remember much about that movie. I remember her having a good time with it in the theater. Uh, but this is uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, uh, Grace and Frankie themselves, uh, reuniting for another time uh, for a new movie, Paul White's. It's got an 85-minute runtime, which I think is just adorable uh, and a real selling point in its favor. Uh, and yeah, they, they uh, it's an audacious comedy and a bracing drama about estranged pals who are reunited when a beloved mutual friend dies, uh, leaving her widower a target of a revenge plan. So Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. and Jane Fonda seeking revenge has certainly worked in the past. Are they... uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that, that, thinking that, of nine yeah, to five. That sentence was written confusingly. Where I was like, "Are they trying to protect somebody from a revenge plan? Are they enacting a revenge plan?" It was, but uh, right. Sure. I think they're. I think they're doing the revenge plan because their friend died, and the widower is the target of the revenge plan. So I think. Okay. I think they I, hold the widower somewhat responsible. Or sure. Something I like. believe that Grandma is also about eighty-five minutes. Because if it were any longer than that, I think I would have never watched another movie. Did Paul White make uh, Grandma? I... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of The Meddler. That's the series. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yes, is that... That's uh, Lorraine Scafari, I yeah. believe. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think it looks it looks very fun uh, and charming. I hadn't it had not been on my radar at all until it was announced for TIFF, uh, and it does you know movies about like you know older ladies trying to recapture that Gloria Bell energy. You know, sure, <laughs> yeah. Worse than that. Um, see a nice uh, matinee of that one on a on a on a Wednesday. And did, did you watch the like, Kevin Hart Fatherhood? I did not know. <laughs> just, just, is that yes, Paul White? Just <laughs> right. clarifying where you were with the filmography. I yeah. assume he and Chris reuniting for their next movie. I think they're they're making a movie with I think uh, about their grandfather or something. That's right. Um, American anyway. Pie Five. God, that's right. I do love a good American Pie joke. I love talking about Jim's dad uh, as a cultural force. <laughs> um, what Tiff movie do you think would best fit Jim's dad? Andy? Jim's dad? Oh boy, what Tiff movie should Jim's dad show up in? That that is uh, on our ten. That's on our. I mean, ten. he, the one he truly our... just should be in the greatest beer run ever. That it? Yeah. That's the ten, true. the uh, the one yeah. that are, are disqualified the, on the main oh, the, ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that Jim's dad should be in the sun. Wow, I was gonna say Fablemans. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fablemans, Fablemans is a potential high upside for Jim's dad as well. And he was like, and Chris, uh, Chris Black. Yeah, and White. he's like the lowest moment. Don't watch the a lowest movie. moment. Read the book of love. Yeah, the, the, the lowest moment for a young Steven Spielberg given a pick me up by Jim's dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little pep talk. <laughs> yeah, it's like ET's about him fucking a pie. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jim's the dad. Stupidest... It's always funny to talk about Jim's dad. <laughs> anyway, I think we did a great job. Sure. Um, yeah. About as good a job as anybody could ever yeah. do. Uh, and then, right. yeah. Uh, if we have any more TIFF news, it'll go right here. All right. We're back. It's Thursday. The episode's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Amelia's taking a little snack break. Uh, but yeah. yeah, we do but have... But he's got thoughts to share. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. He's, he'll, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we do have news from a trio of festivals. Two that I believe we've already discussed. And one other one. Uh, so the New York Film Festival has announced two of their three galas uh yes the the news that uh ruined my week is that noah baumbach's white noise will be making its north american premiere precluding a tiff placement as the opening barring some catastrophic uh geographic uh realignment of course Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah, he yeah, it's an it's an adaptation of White Noise, not Infinite Jest, Andy. Uh, but your literary references are always lost on me, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the, the ones only I book can Andy's ever read is out. the Elaine Stritch autobiography, <laughs> and it was an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> There's no autobiography. There's two biographies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one that you read and one that you wrote when you found some bachelors. <laughs> Andy wrote the blonde for a latest <laughs> Yeah. 
and uh, uh, Andrew Dominic's gonna direct I, it. I am the Joyce Carol Oates of Can I Kick It? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Andy's always sending us pictures of his. I was gonna say he's always posting feet on Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, other than that, it means it will take longer for me to see it. And so far, Netflix has not announced. A date. Uh, I, I yeah. I get yeah, yeah. the impression they're maybe planning on doing that just for the fall within the next week. Uh, sure. But yeah, you know, it it is a good, certainly a good placement for it. Many of Baumbach's films have played at the New York Film Festival. He had a little blurb in the press release about how like the same Sorry. year that his dad brought. Uh, white noise home from a bookstore he also uh, took him to the New York Film Festival to see Akira Kurosawa's Ron uh, so you know I think uh, it's nice. yeah ought to be a nice moment for him they'll get Driver sure. and Gerwig and Cheadle and Raffi Cassidy mm-hmm. in uh, Lars Eidinger uh, yeah and then the centerpiece God. Also from, uh, um, from the yeah, Venice lineup. Also from the Venice yes. lineup, not with a premiere status. So this one will, you know, TIFF hasn't announced their docs lineup. There's a few documentaries in the galas, I think, but uh, it could be there. It could be at Telluride, or they might just not care. Uh, but the Lawyer <laughs> Portress film about Nan Golden, uh, you know, it's I, I don't think a documentary had been a gala at at New York yeah until, I had seen, that, I had seen people say that in... I think that right. was the first I think one. it's yes right but that wasn't the centerpiece that was right? opening I think the first time one is right I think this is the sure. first time one is the centerpiece I think I saw someone say that on that Twitter. Makes apologies sense. for not attributing that statistic that I saw someone say um uh, yeah, but yeah, that's an. Inter- I mean, yeah. it's a very interesting choice because there's like obviously we've been speculating. There's like a lot of like buzzy things that uh-huh. like, and and uh, neither a world premiere yet. Both from the Venice lineup, uh-huh. so I know they usually like to have at least one world premiere in those three, right? So I guess the closing is yeah. likely to be. Uh, well, the, yeah, like Anne Thompson has been saying that she said is going to premiere at New York Film Festival, which is sure, sure. Um... Uh, I, I don't know if that would be closing or just as part of Spotlight. It might be that, like, if they've got that in Spotlight world premiering and then also, uh, Till, they announced his world premiering there. Right. So maybe having those two would free them up to not Take have one. Off, yeah. I mean, the, the only other time in recent memory that they didn't have a world premiere in one of those three slots, uh... One of them was also held by Noah Baumbach because it it was it was also three Venice movies. It was uh, Marriage Story, Story was the centerpiece, and then Roma opened and At Eternity's Gate closed, and they got the Classic. they got the North American premiere of At Eternity's Gate. But I believe those other two movies were both Telluride Tiff. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, and I think we'll have more from New York next week. We'll have a better idea of what that looks like. Also of like what of those main slate movies uh, will be potentially at TIFF because they should have premiere statuses. Uh, yeah, and then 
you know, there, there are, like, there's stuff from Venice that doesn't have a North American premiere yet, uh, and, like, Tar is one, and that, uh, will be, it will have opened by the time they hit their closing, so that would have made sense, but doesn't right. any, anymore. Blonde, I think, opens before New York Film Festival even starts, so that's, I wonder if that gets added to TIFF. Uh, Bardo doesn't have one either, but that probably makes sense for Telluride, so... There's still stuff kind of floating around, uh... Yeah. You know, we're gonna talk about some TIFF stuff in a second, but I think there is gonna end up being some more high-profile stuff, though I don't know how much. Uh, but before we yeah. get to TIFF, we do also have the San Sebastian Film Festival announce their lineup. Another competitive, uh, European festival, of course, gives out the Golden Shell... Uh, but they have, they do have a couple titles from TIFF. Uh, the Sebastian Lilia will be doing uh, Telluride and TIFF, and then San Sebastian, Hong Sang Su also doing San Sebastian, much like Yourself and Yours, which premiered at TIFF. Uh, you know, I think I already said that last year Benediction did that. Uh, and then a couple of uh, movies that uh, they didn't attach premiere status to these movies, so they could be at TIFF, or they could just world premiere at San Sebastian. Uh, mm -hmm. Ulrich Seidel, who had a movie at uh, Berlin in competition at the beginning of the year, and it sounds like this, it basically, I think even at the time it was reported that that movie, Remini, uh, had, had, was like had that it that the movie Wicked Game that I think he had announced years ago had been split into Wicked uh to Ramini and another movie and this is the other movie uh which is called Sparta uh and then Christoph Honore who's a director who I like you know he called Sorry Angel a couple of years ago in Cannes competition on a magical night uh, a year or two later he has a new movie that's like, uh, it, it, I think that just kind of had to premiere somewhere because it's coming out in France at the end of September. Uh, it's like a coming of age movie with Juliette Binoche playing a supporting role and I think a few other, I think Vincent Lacoste is also in it, who is in Sorry Angel, also in, uh, Irma Vep. Uh, and the movie's called Winter Boy. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, TIFF has announced four more sections this week. On Tuesday, yes. they announced Platform. Uh, and to this morning, they announced Midnight Madness, Discovery, and Wavelengths. So, I don't know. I guess maybe we just go through and from those four sure. sections, uh, pick out a few potential highlights. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so yeah, starting with, I guess, Platform was announced first, if we want to do that. Yes. Uh, it's, it got its own day. It did. It got its, they, I mean, they've been trying to give it this uh, a, a platform, uh, I guess. Right. It, yes. The, Which, as a reminder to our listeners, this is the jury yes. section at TIFF. Not, this is, yeah. 
They've not announced the one who where... the jury is yet. Right. Uh, but yeah. But they like to have uh, just the one little section yes. that's like other film festivals. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they... With only 10 it, yeah, it's pretty it. new. I think when Moonlight was in platform after doing Telluride, that was the first year of platform, I believe. Uh, uh-huh. They had Jackie also that year. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, they've also had. They have also had successful world premieres. I think that you know, her smell is a a favorite of ours that we were at the world premiere of. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, they've as they've just kind of narrowed in on world premieres. The profile, at least, of the directors has gone down last year especially felt like there was just no buzz in platform uh this year like there's some some kind you know it going in it doesn't look that different certainly closer to last year than previous years there's no directors that you see in here and you're like oh i gotta see that there's a few if you look closer that you might be like oh yeah I do remember that last movie they did um Daniel Goldhaber's one who did the movie um Cam Cam yep mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago his that new was movie like a uh, Netflix movie about a Cam girl like yep. horror movie mhm uh this new movie how to blow up a pipeline uh Favorite of the pod. The doc, right? No, it's a it's a fiction film. It's based on a novel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. And uh, podcast favorite uh, Christine Froseth is in it from Sharp. Wow. Stick. Okay, from Sharpstick. Yep. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple other like follow ups to vaguely notable films. There's uh, stuff on the floor. Had a movie I remember people liking, like years ago at this point called Two Doors Nicole This he has a new movie called Viking um, we've got the directorial follow up to Cuties uh, Hawa from Maimuna Dokor Dokore uh, and then we also have a debut film from the actor Francis O'Connor called Emily about Emily Bronte, uh, and these are which is the opening night, yes, selection the opening night selection, platform. and these are all world premieres, which I believe was the yes. case last year as well. There wasn't a platform in 2020, 2019. They might have like all been world premieres except for Martin Eden. Uh, so it's, you know, they're. Uh, they, uh, the platforms, you know, I, I feel like people have been saying for a while it's not clear what the platform section is. It's based on the last two years, it's looking clear that it's just like it's like uncertain regard, but not as interesting. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, and then today we have, uh, Three sections. Uh, yep, three sections. Uh, I guess starting on this press release with Discovery, I think the big movie that stood out uh, here, eyes, yeah, to me and Andy, is uh, 
playwright Bess Wool's directorial debut, Baby Ruby. Uh, yes. Starring uh, Noemi Merlant as a influencer who is going through <laughs> postpartum depression. Uh, Kit Harrington <laughs> is playing her husband. I did. I did look at the still because on the website it doesn't. Uh, and Meredith Hagner also in it, who I do like. On the website it just said Noemi Merlant yeah. and didn't have any other names. So I looked at the still and I was like, "Ooh, is that Christopher Abbott?" And then I found what the movie was and I was like, "No, nah, it's Kit <laughs> Harrington." Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Have, have you like seen anything of that or read anything? I have not seen any. Okay. I've not seen any of her plays or read any of them. No, mm-hmm. I know Small Mouth Sounds. Yeah, was a bit of a was like a a, a hit. That was the, the prequel time, to that Netflix show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> Big mouth, asshole. I I worked today. Sure. Out of it. Uh, and then her most recent play, I think, is called Grand yeah. Horizons, which uh, which uh, played a second stage on Broadway, yeah. um, uh, and was nominated for best play that year. But uh, yeah, she's uh, I see her on Twitter a lot. She's like a fairly prolific like. Tweet, tweet, tweeter about like women's rights and stuff like that. I think um, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, sh- I see her a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm. This is a very intriguing sounding premise. A uh, very intriguing sounding casting choices. Uh, I'm really interested. It in is. This, I think it's. Uh, uh, yeah, I. It's less of a. Oh, that's gonna be really good, and more of a. I'm curious what that is. It could be. It could be something. Yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> You know, the only other, like, uh, movie where I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is, is Return to Soul is one of only two non-world premieres in this section. I don't remember if they did that last year where Discovery was almost all world premieres, That, but it's definitely a new-ish thing, which is just like, okay, make another section where you've got to fill it out with world premieres, but... One of the exceptions, an international premiere, because it has some French backing uh, and premiered it on certain regard, is Davy Chow's Return to Seoul. Uh, Seoul is in the city in South Korea, not the yes. uh, thing Pixar that weighs 21 world. grams. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know the. There's names where you're like, there's a movie called Pussy, okay. Uh, there's a movie by a, a Canadian, fi- that, that's a Canadian film, another Canadian film by uh, a director called uh, Chandler Levac called I Like Movies, maybe a- appeal yeah. to our audience. Uh, yeah. I watched, find, uh, I watched a clip from that, because oh. Tiff like posted okay. a bunch of stuff. Uh, and it seemed interesting. It's like set in the 90s, and it's like a... Uh, the scene they posted was like him in his car with his mother arguing about whether he could go to NYU yeah. or had to sh- or whether he should apply to Canadian schools. Um, and then he goes into a video. Self obsessed teenage promotion pursuing his dreams of testing personal co- connections in early two thousand suburban Ontario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, Midnight Madness, which of course. Uh, very exciting. They put out the hints last night. Everyone was like, what are these movies? And then we got them this morning. Uh-huh. We were all really into the hints. Yeah. We were really, really trying to decide. Yeah, we were all really into the hints. <laughs> Asleep, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> 
but one of them, they, we were like, they were, uh, I think uh, Peter Kulpowski, who runs the Twitter and programs the section, was like, there's one where I'm hoping that I can get one of my heroes to uh, come out to the festival. And I was like, that'd be Weird Al. And it turns out it is. Uh, yes. I, I looked and I was like, there's kind of spaces in his touring schedule. He's going to have to be like in and out. But uh, right. Weird the Al Yankovic I mean, story I'm sure, yeah. is the, the opening night film. Midnight Man is comedy. Yeah. I remember they did the disaster artist famously. Yep, it's right. That they do like yeah, one every couple of years, yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um the first Roku original to play a festival, I am very certain. Uh I don't think any of those congrats. I, any, I, I mean I probably it's always extraordinary I, Christmas play. I mean one. like who knows? Or what? did any of the Quibbies premiere at a <laughs> at a festival? <laughs> Uh, Are you rolling out anything? I know it's midnight. Golden Arm. Golden Arm. Well, it's the opening night, so I won't be there. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, but if it if it plays later in the festival, I will def I would definitely love to see that on the big screen, especially because Roku Channel is ad supported. So I would love to see the movie without ads. Jesus sure. Christ! <laughs> There's no option for no ads. It's so bleak. What the fuck are we doing? I can only. I'm mad now. Why would you say that? <laughs> they also have Pearl, the X yep. sequel. Yes. Prequel. Prequel. Oh, prequel, yep. excuse me. Yep. Yes, the, but yeah. they yes. film simultaneously released now. Right. Um, they have a Tim Story a Tim movie, story yep. movie it's, called The Blackening. Uh, which, yeah, it's based fr- on a sketch, I guess. Yeah, it's from like, the, both of the writers are like sitcom writers, I think. One of them yeah. worked on, one of them is one of the screenwriters on Girls Trip, uh, I believe. There's the. Uh, new, but yeah, uh, yeah, the, the clue. Yeah, oh, there's a new V8. I was just going to say, the clue for the blackening was, uh, this is from a director whose films have grossed over a billion dollars, and this is their first horror movie, and I was like, that can't be that many people, that'll be easy, and then there are 186 directors who have, uh... Wow! Grossed a billion dollars in total, so, uh... Good for them. Yeah, I wasn't gonna pull Tim's story out of that, I don't think was also not aware he had a new movie. Uh, we've got The People's Joker. Which, yeah, funny title. Yep, it is that Joker. Uh, I don't know. I mean, sure. Not like licensed. Not licensed, like, from DC, but I don't think it's that Joker, <laughs> certainly. Sure, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> There was, I don't know if this changed given that it's premiering in a film festival. The social media suggested that it, like, interpolates footage from the Todd Phillips film Joker. That's uh, a tiff film. Yep, of course. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, John Hyams, the Universal Soldier guy, has a movie called Sick, uh, written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote The Screams. Could be cool. Uh, yeah. And created the following. Hyams is like, mm. he did, um, what do you call it? Universal Soldier sequels that people like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on to Wavelengths, I think, yes. uh, which is always a favorite section of mine. I think this, uh, is a solid looking uh, list of movies. There's like a couple things where like I was kind of hoping Bertrand Bonello might pop up here. There's the movie that uh, Sofia Bodanovich and 
Blake Williams and Barack Chevik directed that I was hoping might be here, especially because two of those people are Toronto people. Uh, but I think what is here is pretty exciting. There are, this is a lot fewer, this is a section where, like, they're not doing the world premiere thing. There are a couple, there's one, uh, uh, Concrete Valley by a director named Antoine Borges, a Canadian director. Uh, his previous film, uh, stars Derek Campbell, and if you go down the cast list, you also get to, uh, Adam Neiman is in it. Wow. Uh, and then the other, the only other, there's a festival premiere, which I guess it means, it must have mean it's, like, played in an art gallery or something, uh, horse opera by, uh, American video essayist named Moira Davey, uh, that's pretty, like, a short feature that I think is feeding, fe uh, playing with a short, but then we also have, uh, from Encounters at Berlin, a couple of movies, uh, Queens of the Qing Dynasty, Ashley McKenzie, whose last movie, Werewolf, was in Discovery, and then Unrest by Cyril Schoblin, which I want, a uh, Swiss director, which I want to say won Encounters this year, uh, and then from Cannes, we've got uh, from competition, which, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time a competition film has played, a can competition film has played in wavelengths, uh, mm -hmm. at least going back as far as Tiffer goes, uh, but a filmmaker very familiar to wavelengths, uh, Albert Serra's Pacifiction, uh, which people are pretty jazzed about and then a couple yeah. of directors Fortnite movies uh the harvard sensory ethnography lab uh with all the surgery stuff uh and then will of the wisp which i know emilio saw and liked yeah and the rodrigues yep um yep uh and then a bunch of shorts that uh new kurt walker Yep, new Kurt Walker. It's two programs up from one last year, but down from four previous in the previous few years. Uh, Sharon Lockhart's another kind of a name who, um, I think that's the one that's playing before Horse Opera, Aventide. Uh, there's a one co-directed by Ben Rivers, who's a name uh, uh, with Celine Condarelli called After Work. Uh, there is also, they're going to sponsor like uh, an exhibition at the Power Plant Contemporary Art Gallery. Uh, free admission. I looked it up and it's just, it's pretty close to like due south of where the Lightbox and the Scotiabank are uh, on the coaster the whatever it's called by the lake uh uh by uh Miriam Benani it's uh, uh it's a couple of her pieces so uh yeah that's uh i think what we've got for this week uh yeah if we want to let's get into our throwback discussion. to a world in which we thought batgirl was going to come out <laughs> Yeah, when Andy uh, plugged how excited he was for we the were. Scoob sequel, <laughs> little did we know. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> but now, let's talk about Take This Waltz. 
Yes. Let's mm-hmm. move on to talk about uh, uh, Sarah Polly's Take This Waltz. Sarah Polly, of course, the uh, one of two films picked by all three of us when mm-hmm. sending this to Emilio. Yep. Um, As I talked about last week, I read that book. I think it's, or I, you know, I listened to it. I, I think it's really good. I think it's a really, uh, and, and actually I, I wrote as my letterboxed review of Take This Waltz, which I watched before I read the book, uh, that I would have loved to have seen uh, Sarah Polly do uh, an adaptation of Station Eleven, just because this ge- this movie generally had the vibe of like, oh, she would do something really interesting with like a literary adaptation, and I think this movie, uh, Women Talking, is also a great fit uh, for that kind of sensibility. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I was really taken with this film. Andy, do you want to say the plot of Take This Waltz? Uh, sure. So you have, uh, Michelle Williams plays Margot, who is, mm-hmm. uh, a, you Not first meet her, she's on assignment. Yes, mm-hmm. no. Uh, you first meet her, she's, That's like, on week. assignment at a, like, uh, some sort of, like, historical experience park or whatever, and she, she's writing the pamphlet for them. Yeah, she's like uh, a copyright. And then, yeah, freelance copyright. Right, and yeah. then, uh, she... She gets on a plane and she meets uh, Luke Kirby on the plane. He's well, no, next she meets him at the right. He me- they make he makes an historical thing. He oh, makes right. her uh, spank the the guy who's been bad. Right. Yes, that's a bad uh, way of describing. Yeah, yeah sure. don't know what's happening. In that. <laughs> I'm trying to get. <laughs> yeah, they they have a few encounters. They meet on this plane. Yeah. They, right, they meet on a yeah, plane. They're sitting next she, to each uh, other. She orders milk. That's not part of beverage. the plot, Andy. <laughs> Which I Very just have to say. This girl. Uh, she orders I mean, that is a crazy thing Doesn't come thing back up. Happens. Not part of anything. No one comments no. on it. But anyway, so but they have just like they have a nice encounter, and then sure. they're gonna they're gonna split a cab home, and then she finds out as soon as they get home that he lives like kitty corner from her. He yeah, lives like, like across right the down street, the street yeah. on from her. Yeah, uh, and you the, then discover some of her home life. She's married to Seth Rogen. He is a cookbook Blue. writer. He's writing a cookbook about chicken. Yep. Um, <laughs> he has I mean, he has a, an extended <laughs> yeah. He has an extended family, including uh, his sister Sarah Silverman, who is a recovering mm-hmm. alcoholic. Um, uh, and so it's basically it's like capturing their life. They're like they are really cutesy with each other and like it's a really like yeah it feels very forced like they're like they're like a weird vibe yeah Yeah. it's a weird vibe their relationship is um and like there's a lot of times where like good thing they're not playing spouses in the fablements right um uh and but so but she sort of is feeling a little unmoored in this relationship she starts to Mm -hmm. connect with luke kirby more and more over time uh, mm-hmm. and basically, like, the, you know, the rest of the plot is, like, charting, like, her sort of drifting away from Seth Rogen and more and more towards Luke Kirby. Uh, yeah. eventually, she leaves Seth Rogen for Luke Kirby. They, you know, they start a new life together. Um, you sort of, and then I think the ending is super strong, especially, like, oh, yeah. you start to get some sense of the, the ennui that she's feeling in her life with Luke Kirby mm-hmm. now, and then she goes back mm-hmm. home briefly, uh, and Sarah Silverman has fallen off the wagon, and Seth mm-hmm. Rogen has like reached like a quiet sort of acceptance of this sort of new, 
new new phase of their life and like yeah. it's just like a really like powerful like melancholy ending uh as she like yeah you, you get the sense that she's like re- having regrets over blowing up her life in this way i guess yeah mm-hmm. um and that's the that's the that's the nut the nutshell i, feel, I guess of the plot yeah yeah i gotta say since this is the uh the tiff our uh, tiff episode uh, when she said the address that she lived at i oh, was sure. like she lives there and she's gonna blow up her life the house is i know such uh, a nice i mean the she whole can movie go to Tiff it's so easily it the, the all the environments are like gorgeous. it's a gorgeous it's looking like movie. A, it, yeah. I mean, it captures toronto yeah. beautifully like mm-hmm. it takes place exclusively during either sunrise or sunset um it's what, what it constantly looks gorgeous. yeah what are the yellowest movie that i've seen in a while yeah Mm-hmm. A lot of constant level of bloom. It is interesting. I maybe had a different read on the relationships at the center of yeah. the movie than it's. It was. I had a hard time wrapping my head around like what I the do movie was think going it's like there. pretty. I think it's pretty uh, vague, but in a good yeah. way. About I'll say, it. I kind of loved the movie, but what I appreciated about it. Yeah. Is that I wear? I, I feel like movies about topics like this sort of like kind of adult free, kind of like one person leaving for another. I think those movies tend to have tend to be too didactic or tend to like try to make it, try to make it mm-hmm. so that it, they basically every decision is already made for the characters. Where it's like, well, one mm-hmm. relationship is falling apart. This other thing is like to, uh, clearly an escape valve, or like they make that decision and it turns out it was a mistake. And I think the what makes a movie great yes. is that it sort of doesn't do that. It, it is a movie about a person making yeah. a genuinely very difficult position from a very unknowable standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean that, yes, I, w- I totally agree with that take on it. That like the message of the movie to me feels like it's like these decisions are fucking hard. You're not going to be totally happy with any answer, but like ultimately you just got to do something and, Everyone will be okay-ish. Yeah, I think what is, like, so, I guess, magical about the movie is that it basically avoids everything that you would expect a movie like that to be, where it's, like, it could, on its face, just be read as, like, some twee, like, late 2000s, early 2010s, like, rom-com that I think it avoids. I think it verges into that. But um, I think the way that it avoids frequency. it with its, there's like these, um, I mean, there, there's just like very like interesting, fascinating, like indulgences and like different paths that it takes. And there mm-hmm. is like, I think William's performance is so uh, like beguiling in a way that it is just like, right. I don't, but I, I watched it a few years ago for the first time. And I was like, I do not know what she's doing, but I'm, like, very into it. And this time I, like, keyed in a bit more to just, like, it is in a way, like, very odd. And there is, like, an odd energy to a lot of the movie. But it is also, I think, what I really like about it is how normal a lot of it feels, for lack of a better word. And, like, how it is very, like, humanistic and, like, feels very, like, real people behaving in a, like, specific way. Whereas something like... yeah like a Duplass movie or like any of like, mm-hmm. like a, like a way we go or something is like so forced. And like, you know, mm-hmm. 
like you would ex- everything that you would expect to happen basically happens in a movie like that. Where here it's like, yeah, it is messier in a way that is interesting, and also yeah. like, I think there are moments where um, I get the sort of like Rogan and Williams are like weird cutesy together, but also I think. Mm-hmm. the more raw moments between them feels just so like deeply yeah. felt and it's like you don't really get that in yeah. most movies like this and it, it, that's what like yeah. sets it apart i think yeah i mean i don't entirely disagree with andy that it is like sometimes borderline just like engaging in that but i'm just like the stuff about it that is good is so good that yeah. I don't care at all that it's doing right. that. Like, I mean, like, part of it is just, like, Michelle Williams is just, like, one of the absolute best actors of her generation and is just, like, giving this really down-to-earth great performance. Yeah. And think, it's, like, like, with a... I think that is a tough assignment, that character. Yeah, 100%. She's, like, she's, like so childish sure. and so, she... like, it's... <laughs> I forgot about when she called right, him gay is... and like a gay lord. Right. Yeah, so it crazy. is. It's like there's this weird thing of where there's like a thing where she's she like in the pool. Do... Like... That's so crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's like doing this like baby talk stuff with Rogan, and then like when she's with Kirby, it's like she like advances towards being like a teenager I, with right, him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I don't know. And like, also, just like, it, there are points in which it just like feels like a tour de force from Polly, and just like oh, she has yeah. such strong Some, yeah. visual ideas. I Got mean, it. like the, the both. The there's obviously sequences. the like, yeah, the scrambler sequences, the, the second thing in the pool, and then obviously like the huge scene where she leaves with Kirby, and there's the like 360 shots. Is just like. What I want to see in a movie, yeah. Uh, and then you have like one of the things that I remember the most is I really, I really love Rogan as an actor generally, and I think his performance is like one of his best, if not his best. And I think mm-hmm. the scene where she is like tells him that uh, she's leaving him, like just we know that what we feel in the movie is like they are breaking up in a way, and you just mm-hmm. have his reactions, and it's just you know, yeah. shot on him and it keeps cutting from like all these mm-hmm. different sort of, you know, going through like dab the basically yeah. of him, like mm-hmm. going through everything. And there's the line where he's like, yeah. I thought, uh, you know, we would be, you would be there when I died or something like that. Um, it's just like very, yeah. uh, moving. Like, I think it's like a very real yeah. that, performance on yeah. his end. Of, like, that seems moving. And that scene was also to me, at least it like took me like, 30 seconds to figure out like what was actually happening because i was like because the yeah. way it's shot and edited mm-hmm. i was like oh is this like him like yeah. getting ready to tell her that he knows because he's sort of getting hints of what what's happening right and then like all of the shots happening like you eventually yeah. get like a, a like you eventually realize what's happening there and it just like it like hit me really hard that, yeah. like what's happening just, like, and yeah. that's like a very confident maneuver from part of the director yes. to be like yeah, I trust that yeah. people will get what is happening here, and that this is, this is the most effective way to teach to say it because it's so mm-hmm. unconventional. Like the, I think the entire back half yeah. of the movie, especially, is like, yeah. and just like one of the best directed movies, like probably of mm-hmm. the decade. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because that's like, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, because like it's 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 like a lot of sequences. Like, yeah, it's like it's like from rickshaw to that sequence to both scramblers to 
the 360 shot of it just like a person extremely confident in what they're doing and how to tell mm-hmm. the shot of her walking away from him through like the pictures in their in their home like that shot that's also great there's like a lot of stuff in it yeah there's the um i mean that scene with rogan uh like the way it's sequenced is like they wake up like the, it's not like established a routine but you just see them in their bed a lot together and they like wake mm-hmm. up he like walks out of the room and is like sitting at their table and then it just like starts cutting between all of his reactions and like it's just crazy and uh yeah like you just like visually the the rickshaw scene where it's just like the fixed camera on them in the back and like kirby jumps or whatever and they're like whoa it just it looks cool yeah. it's, like, it's i will say that is the one moment in the oh uh, there were, i think there were two moments i can't remember the other one that was one the one moment where I, where I was like i think i've been on this street sure yeah when he's just <laughs> running on the rickshaw yeah. do you think you could give a rickshaw ride who do you think of the four of us would last longest my guess is amelia my guess would be Colin. yeah my I, my guess is I'm second. <laughs> I think maybe I think, yeah. I think right you have <laughs> Andy goes to pick I'd it up. I'd be and real dead. Too. I think you have the more of the upper body. <laughs> yeah. What? God, I can't. It's and he runs. He just I runs like, with them. It's God, so crazy. I imagine yeah. like a lot of it crazy. is momentum based, but still right. And I'm sure there's like a good balance yeah. in the actual rickshaw, so it's not like that much weight. But, but I mean, like, it is also just like yeah. how long you have to maintain a run for. While yeah. like holding, and there's like, yeah. like oh, in traffic, right? Like, cars behind like, him, like yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's like running on a lane that is like seems to be like sort of almost for trains, right. like like yeah. He might like be in like the street. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe yeah. yeah. Like it's like what, if there's a streetcar, like where did oh I don't know. We can't get into the logistics of rickshaw right now, but uh, yeah. right. <laughs> but but that's also like part Listen, of. Listen, it's a well-designed city. Yeah. We all love Toronto. We can't wait to be there. It is part of the thing of, like, if you just, like, say, like, yeah, this freelance copywriter who's making a pamphlet for, like, a historical museum or whatever, and her <laughs> right. chicken Meets cook, a rickshaw meets driver. a rickshaw driver. It's like, get the fuck out <laughs> of my face guy who's too scared right to be an, yeah, too scared to be an, an artist, so he's a rickshaw driver. Like, yeah, it is, yeah. It is like, the setup is very sweet, and I do think at the beginning, I do agree that maybe there's a lot of stuff that is, like, overwritten. But I do think, like, she drops so much of it by the end that I'm almost like, yeah, that it's almost like an intentional choice to be like, they, there's like um, nothing I left think, that yes, to it be is, said by the end. And right. just like, oh. You're meant to sense, like, something's mm-hmm. not quite right yeah. here, I think, with all yeah. of that. Um, She's in a tizzy. She is in a tizzy. And yeah. I did, it's like, again, it's like, I, I'm so, it's, I appreciate it so much for making all of those, all of that stuff, like, to making all of those decisions about how to tell that story. Like, I think, like, it is true that their her and Rogan's relationship is a little weird, but I do think it is fascinating. Just like how, she, like my read on what M- Willie is doing a lot of those times, it's like she's sort of poking and prodding him to be like, so maybe we don't actually mm-hmm. love each other enough, yeah. so I can I can have an excuse to run away and just like her always like slightly mm-hmm. failing to to fully hit the like, well he's gonna be like yeah. an asshole to me in a way that I can't forgive or like we don't really love each other. It's like. I think mm-hmm. a lot of movies try to make that point, the like the point of like, oh, I'm in love with two people, like my rela- my feelings are complicated, and I feel like this is one of the few movies where I genuinely feel like a, a like struggle in the decision of just like her having some form of strong attachment to both these people, and like what does she really mm-hmm. want in her life, and what are the decisions you need to make, and like that particular part of your life where mm-hmm. like 
you're maybe getting older, but you still there's still enough of a time where you feel like you can maybe pivot. Yeah, and the, I mean that's also like there's the line that like Sarah Silverman has when she confronts her at the end, where she's like, "You don't fill the gaps. You like you can't just like." keep putting new people in where you had old people and it's like a very like profound thing i think and it is like uh yeah it it hits hard it's just like yeah i guess that is like you you know i mean it's like a double-edged sword it's i think it really uh strikes its balance well throughout the thing and i mean and there's there's also like andy mentioned the pool scene with um yeah mm-hmm. where she's it's, like which is crazy yeah they're doing like they're doing jazzercise water, like, underwater yeah. or whatever yeah. and like she's laughing at the instructor <laughs> so much that she pisses her pants yeah. and then the pool has like the blue dye that picks up urine or whatever so then everyone's like <laughs> cracking up freaking out it's just a crazy like scene, the famous you know? scene in grown-ups yeah grown-ups exactly right yeah. which is follow right which is followed up by a scene where you just see them all in the shower yeah uh, which mm-hmm. I know, like, was like was one of the most talked about scenes at the time when the movie came yes. out, because it's just like it's presented so straightforwardly as far as like yeah. this, like non sexual nudity nudity of like women just existing yeah. in a way that they do, um, and mm-hmm. it captures like all sorts of different types of bodies and stuff in in a in a, yeah. in a very straightforward yeah. way that is certainly yeah. admirable. There's someone that also has a good line at the beginning where they're just like talking, having a sort of cutesy conversation, but she she says this one line where it's like, "You're good news." And mm. I thought that line was su- right. such a fascinating addition because it also like framed Michelle Williams' character of just like, oh yeah, she doesn't want to cheat because she sort of sees herself as a good person, and so she doesn't want to do that. So she's, sure. she's mm-hmm. so she spends the rest of the movie just like looking for an mm-hmm. out to like be released for that by that. And it's a yeah. movie about like, yeah. listen, sometimes yeah. you can't, you have to make the bad person decision. Like so, sometimes yeah. if like if that's what you want, you yeah. have to live with that decision. And yeah. you can't like look to be absolved of your mm-hmm. desires because you're not yeah. going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So we should talk a not li- in it like a ton, but she's really good, I think. I was gonna say we should talk about her a little bit more because I think sure. I feel like I've heard a lot like that this is like people love this performance from her and that like this is like there's maybe one other movie sure. that are like, Oh, she- is did she almost get Oscar nominated for this or something, or was there a different movie that I'm thinking she? of? that people love. I, like I, don't, I don't No, there's that movie that she's the lead of that she got right. like a globe nomination for sure. i think it's like right. i smile but I did, like no one actually likes that movie yeah sure i think she's really tremendous in this it's like a really yeah. incredible performance um you know she uh especially like that last scene of hers where she has fallen off the wagon and is like mm-hmm this is my natural state or what, like the way she like delivers those lines mm-hmm. and like, she like has a bunch of chicks for their kid and she didn't like, but she has to go with the police yeah. officer and stuff. Like, it's so tough and so sad, but like, yeah. also like she just delivered, like, I don't know, like the way that she sort of has accepted, ha- accepted that part mm-hmm. of herself, but also like yeah. you get the sense that like, she will continue to try to improve in the future, obviously. And like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like, and, like there's just, I think it's a really, really, really wonderful supporting performance in in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, it would be nice to see her work with Polly again, though. Uh, would For be sure. weird to try and fit a Jewish person into women talking. Sure. Yeah. Um. How do we feel about Luke Kirby in this movie? You know, he sort of is like part of uh, this. 
ongoing list that I have of like movies that people generally like, but with a performance that is like, I don't like that performance, but they are actually good also. <laughs> I think he is good and similarly fits the energy of the movie in a way that he is like on its face, like a very, not boring, but just like a character we've seen before of like, you know, whatever the male version of like a manic pixie dream girl in a way where he's like this rickshaw driving artist Mm -hmm. who's like a hunk or whatever. But I think like the whole movie, he is able to find like a a real sense of like who this person is in the role. And like his, I think his, um, there's the scene where they, uh, go eat the meal together. And I think that scene is very good. Yeah, that seems him good. and Williams. Yeah, he is like, I think the like the like give and take of it. I think he is maybe like the least three dimensional character and performance in it. Like he's maybe like the had the le- the least depth or like giving the least depth in the performance. Mm-hmm. So he's maybe like the least complicated, but he is hot, and they do have chemistry, which is kind of all all you need that <laughs> character to be sure. really for it to work within mm-hmm. the context of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, he's interesting in, like, his interactions with Rogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's, when he's like, you can make me some chicken. That I, I remember that. That's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a funny, right. like yeah, a funny line funny. that is also loaded weirdly. I know, yeah. Because like, yeah. Rogan is like, yeah. oh, you told him about the chicken. That's such a, that's like a fascinating a very... 15 seconds mm-hmm. of interaction. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is just, like, the thing of, like, where yeah. something will just like hit you and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's like you told him about the chicken. Nice. Yeah. I'd love to cook you a bird, man. <laughs> Let me ride in your rickshaw. I'm going to fart the whole time. <laughs> really ruin your day. Um, yeah. Andy, any thoughts on Kirby? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like he's another one where it's just like on paper, it's tough. Like I think Colin was getting at it. Like, yeah. Just like. The, like, artist who doesn't share his work with the world, who drives a rickshaw. Like, when I saw him first appear with the rickshaw, I, mean, I was like, oh, boy, is says. that what this guy's She's deal like, nobody is? rides like, a rickshaw yeah. at 530, you asshole. Right. <laughs> and, well, like, right. And he and, and then he's like, well, I just go to the beach every morning to, like, find myself. Yeah. Right? Like, like, <laughs> and it's, I, mean, I want to go back home. He calls him a gay lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. He's like, what are you, it's fucking crazy. 12 years old? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's really, um, it's really a uh, fascinating part of that character. But it was 2011. Yeah, it was a different time. I mean, sure. <laughs> like, I get it. And like, I don't know, Michelle Williams. Like, I guess she's like late twenty or late twenties, probably. Probably twenty. Like, she says twenty. Um, I think at one point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. It, like, but I do think I do agree they're very good together in general. And like, like I said, like. That like both the scrambler sequences, but that first scrambler sequence when the song cuts out and the lights yeah. come on and like it's just like it's just so like it's just so stark. It's just so like just such a gut punch that like that like that transition there. I think like the 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 stuff where they're together like that is good. And then like yeah, the montage where they're like you know fuck it all the Bone time. Down, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, is is yeah. interesting and like it's interestingly done and like. You know, and it does, like, communicate so much in, like, so little, I think. Like, you get the, 
Like, you do, like, once it is, like, barreling towards that ending, like, it, like, just goes there. Like, it does not, like, pause too much in, in until it mm-hmm. gets to yeah. her, until it gets to that scene with Sarah Silverman. I mean, uh, yeah, basically, like, the, yeah. the scene where Rogan, like, is having his breakdown to the end is, like, the last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was, yeah, I had a thought where I was like, I wonder... If she was making it now, if, like, the Rogan character might be a woman and the Williams character might be bi. And then I was like, I think that's just what the new Iris Sachs movie sure, is. Sure, yeah. Uh, but with with men yeah. instead of women. Yeah. So. So. But yeah. yeah. I mean, the first Scrabble sequence, it's just like, yeah, it's great. It looks great. And it's, and it's the whole it's, movie yeah. in a nutshell. The song, a video killed the radio yeah, star is like such a great, like, bing, 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 yeah, and when it comes on later. Just because, because, I mean, that song has, like, sections, and, like, they, I think yeah. it, like, yeah, it communicates a lot mm-hmm. in their, in their faces, and they communicate a lot in their faces. Yeah. Um, and I weirdly, I yeah, might, I think maybe, it's really good. This is maybe, like, I've only half thought of it, but I do think, like, her being, like, you're a gay lord. I think that's, like, almost, that's, like, an interesting scene from the standpoint of just, like, her appeal for this guy might be like almost a childish thing where she's almost like regressing where she's almost mm-hmm. like this guy just makes me feel like young and alive and full and sure, him, yeah. and him right. and him well it's clear that like she yeah, thinks him being like yeah. what are you 12 like him being like i like i'm a, I'm a human adult person yeah. who like right. actually yeah. this. like what are you doing and it's right. just like weird like, nervous yeah. flirty like yeah. i don't know what because what right. be clearly that's been her approach right. with seth rogan yeah. is to like play up the childish stuff and he is at times bristled at that a little bit right he's like there's the what is it? What is she, she's? Is well, she a this, baby on top of him or whatever? Yeah, there's a scene a where they're doing that, and he like, like yeah, he calls it's them like, baby. Don't do it at the same like, time as like the like, second. Yeah, and he's like, well, then let me just get up and make breakfast. Then like, I don't want to right. be part of this. If you <laughs> yeah. don't like it all. Yeah, it's it like yeah. She consistently like has that as her approach to like trying to appeal to men. Uh, mm-hmm. And she is uh, rebuffed in 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 both the major relationships. Well, yeah, I mean the, the Rogan one is more uh, he like to some extent. She's called. Right. They're doing like the baby talk, and he's like, "Does baby want to kiss or something?" And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, but they also have like almost the reverse yeah. later when they're because they have yes, yeah, where he's they're doing yeah. the game that they do where it's like I'm gonna how they're gonna kill each other harder, and then she's like, "I'm gonna yes, rape right, you right. with a pair right. of scissors or whatever." And, no, he's like that, and she's like, that's too he's, far. And he's like, I didn't yeah, know too that, much, like, yeah. this game had it too far or whatever. And it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. again, it's like both a very twee thing to include, but it does sort of, like, speak to the nature of their relationship and, like, where yeah. where it's heading and, like, where it's really mm-hmm. at. None of the stuff that is, like, an inclusion like that, like how we've been mentioning the entire time, basically, leads nowhere, I guess. Like, it always, oh, it sure. always reaches like a realistic right thing and like yeah. I, I mentioned this... it's not in there to be like the charming stuff yeah 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 exactly certainly. like it's like um, it's not like yeah. this is fun you like this this is what you want in a movie in a rock <laughs> yeah like yeah i can't yeah. think there's other oh at, at the the last conversation we she has with rogan when she starts to apologize and he's like listen we didn't talk about we don't need to like i'm good like yeah. i don't really like that's yeah. like i felt that like yeah uh, Rogan, there is um, Rogan like has like two or three like scenes where I'm like, God, that's so. This this I mean, is tough. Really, I think he's really good. I think Paul uses him very well mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, and like obviously there is when like, he's talking about like how chicken is like so deadly. Well, he's like they're like, balls really of poison. Like, <laughs> like right. yeah, so, you yeah. have to wash your hands with all the salmonella, and it's like all over everything. Uh, there's also like a very like you know 
not deep connection, I am guessing, but there is just the thing of it all being like they're all like Toronto natives or at least Can- Canadian, Canadian natives. Yeah, Canadian. And it's people. like they yeah. share this mm-hmm. energy with each other. Um, it reminded me a little yeah. bit of uh, rewatching it of this Canadian documentary from the 60s or 70s, maybe even later, but it's um, called A Married Couple, directed by Alan King. And it's just this documentary about this couple who have a kid who are like falling out of love basically and for whatever reason uh king had like unlimited access to film them like in their house and you like basically forget that they're real people by how like raw it is but there are moments where it is just like the similar sensibility of like joking leading to something like devastating in a way and i I would recommend Mm -hmm. it uh to most people uh, it's a it's, it's a tough sit though like there's like a lot of like mm-hmm. oh what are they doing <laughs> like i can't i can't watch this uh-huh all right i will also mention just before we move on to special presentations that i on a whim threw on uh stories we tell to sure. watch uh while i was like sure. at work yesterday and like finish it up while i was at home and like doing another thing or whatever uh, and I watched it on Amazon Freebie, so there were ads and stuff. So it was, like, <laughs> far from an ideal viewing experience. But the ending of that, like, I had seen it, like, back around when it came out, I think. Like, on DVD. Like, I've never seen it in a theater or anything. But mm-hmm. And I didn't remember it super well, but, like, a lot of it came back to me as I watched it. And, boy, the ending of that thing just packs a huge punch. I got so, like, emotionally overwhelmed by it. It's That's mm-hmm. a movie. It's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, uh, you need to check it out. Yeah. I remember... Yeah. I think I remember liking the ending, but I remember, like, maybe it being overhyped for me because I, I didn't, like, love it like I did Take This Waltz. And I still have not seen um, mm-hmm. Away From Her, so. But I'm, I'm excited right. for the new one, certainly. Yeah, I'm just, like, yeah. If I, like, yeah, I feel like I should watch Away From Her, but I'm, like, I really, old people movies are a tough sell sure. for me. Uh, Alright. Are we ready, then? To, uh, special presentation. Move on to special presentations. Yeah, seems Anyone like we probably just start? do a quick one today. Yeah, I, I can do a quick, yeah, quick one. Yeah, I can or go, go ahead, go ahead, quick. go ahead. Sure. Uh, I just I have uh, been re- I've started rereading White Noise. Uh, I like it even more than I remember. But I just wanted to share. I haven't gotten that far, but I just wanted to share a quote that I came across uh, from the novel. Uh, it was important for him to believe that he'd spent his life along people who kept missing the point. Sure. Great. Um, Andy, do you have one? Uh, I can go real quick. I guess, like, I don't know. I have a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, FX on Hulu's The Bear is well worth your time. It's well worth the hype. It's so great. I really, I, like, I never binge anything, and I, like, inhaled that show. Like, I watched a bunch of them in a row every time I sat down to watch it. I think it's incredible. Sure, sure. The fact that you had, do you, yeah, you, the fact that you had to say FX on Hulu. Yeah. We know what It's the not even, is. that's not even what it is anymore. It's just, like, it's, like, FX is The Bear, I guess, but it's on Hulu. I don't know. It's on Hulu. Watch <laughs> it. It's great. Sure. Yeah, it's the year of Evan West Backrack. Absolutely. And Scott Speedman. Maybe it's just the year of Sharpstick. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it is certainly the year of Sharpstick. <laughs> in that Sharpstick has been released. Yeah, but you year. have another year. What's a year of Sharpstick? I mean, look. What year do we all get the vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, sure. Uh, what was I going to pick? Oh, yes. I have been listening to this song a lot. It is an old song. Uh, I believe it's from like the early 2000s or tonight. I don't know exactly where it's from, but it's called Throw Your Hands Up by 8Ball, MJG, and Outkast. And it's just one of the better rap songs I've ever heard. And I love that that sound like Old Dirty South. And it's just very fun. And I listen to it all the time. And I imagine committing heists and crimes. So people should listen. Um, I have like five things I could do. <laughs> I'm trying to pick one. Yeah. I guess I think I mentioned. I'll just quickly say that. Um, Jesse recommended uh, Before the Flood last week. I listened to it. It's great. Um, and uh, look up Bon Appetit's uh, BA's Best Lemonade Recipe. I've been making it all summer. It's <laughs> incredible lemonade. Foolproof method. Works so well every time. And I finished watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> and similarly to how Andy was talking about stories we tell, the last two episodes, I guess, is like... Uh, there's debate among fans of the show whether or not they like it. I know, like, I guess at the time there was a lot of, like, odd response to it because there are two very, like, different episodes from the rest of the show. But then it ends with this very specific thing that I was not expecting uh, that is, like, barely even part of the show, but it, like, summarizes the entire emotional catharsis of the uh of the show in a way that i was not expecting and like was hit very hard emotionally by a very simple closing title card on neon genesis evangelion and it's great and i can't wait to watch the movie and also beyonce's renaissance is incredible yeah final episode of evangelion maybe my favorite episode of television wow yeah it's i mean look it's crazy (laughs) um we'll look with that if you want to follow the podcast on twitter you can do so at can i kick it if you want to follow us on instagram or letterbox we're at ciki pod uh can i tick it on tiktok and can i youtube short it on youtube shorts um, uh, if you want to cullen is responsible for all youtube shorts content yeah we mentioned it earlier we're going to tiff if you'd like to send us any money to help us go to God, tiff that would be so great uh, you can do yeah, so we love it. Uh, at i bet in the interim between us recording this and uh, it coming out, we've tweeted about the coffee. Yes, uh, which the coffee is coffee.com slash can I kick it or dot ca- uh, dot com slash can I slash can I uh, and it is ko dash fi dot com slash c a n n e s i. I'm on Twitter and Letterbox at Clatchley. Andy, I'm at Andy T Germ. Emilio. I'm left alone on Twitter. I left alone on Letterboxd. Jesse. J-C-P-G-L-I-C-K-W-E-B-B-E-R J-C-P Glickweber. And then our theme song is by Tree Related. And... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Oh, uh, our theme song is by Tree Related, uh, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. Thank you. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.